since I talked to you, my friend. Welcome, listeners, to a new lens. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. So for uh, newcomers to our podcast, that bit's not going to make as much sense. Uh, Wait, shit, these are old guys? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I'd like to welcome you to A New Lens. This is a podcast that uh, I, Calvin, uh, started with Gary. Well, we started it together to talk about film and television that we liked as kids through the new lens of adults and amateur filmmakers. And uh, listeners of the podcast, fans of the podcast, will know all of that already. And also probably be like, hey, where have you been? (laughs) Um, well, uh, where we've been is, well, I'll speak for myself personally. Uh, April was awful. April has been a very, uh, very difficult month. Um, personally, like for myself, uh, it's been a difficult month in my family. Some shit happened. And, uh, also locally I'm here in Minneapolis and then, you know, globally. So (laughs) April all in all, uh, 0.5 0.5 stars out of 10, <laughs> I'd say. Yeah, I'd have uh, to, uh, I, I don't have as much personal shit going on right now, but as far as, you know, a, a rating scale for the months go, so far April's on the bottom of my 2021 uh, ranking. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, uh, a little silver thing... lining in that, which yeah. is, is part of what made it rocky, Yep, we got vaccinated. We got them vaccines! Which means that there is a actual chance rather than being a thing we talk about there's an actual chance that we will be together again in person and be able to do a live episode obviously i'm in california calvin's in minnesota so that's the major barrier now but (laughs) the barrier of a global pandemic is no longer for us no longer hopefully for you as well soon yeah, and for longtime listeners, if you'll remember uh, at the end of season one of us talking about Avatar, we did a live episode, but in order to be COVID safe, we were outside and it was, you know, we had a whole bunch of background noise and stuff. So we could actually like be in person. I don't know. I'm excited and I'm really I've got excited some I've got some stuff that. planned. Uh, some stuff planned in the next month to actually like see people and be able to safely do it. So what a great thing that was. And I personally had a terrible reaction to the second As vaccine, did I. which was, which was, it was bad. <laughs> did you, I, we, we didn't me, talk about that in person. Yeah. Cause for me, I remember you said, oh yeah, I had it. It was fine. And then that the first night, one, the second the one. night yeah. of the, the second, second one was, bad. was yeah, yeah, yeah. cold, was bad. heat, cold, heat, couldn't sleep yeah. for me. Fluctuation the second one. That night, I was thinking, shit, did I make it through? Am I good? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then the next night, oh, for some reason, interesting. I was like, all right, I'm ready for bed, and I'm freezing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I better put a blanket on, and I'm drenched. All right, yeah. I'm going to just stand up so that I can, I'm freezing again. All right. Oh, but it's it's so fucking worth it. Like everyone out there, if you have an opportunity, I don't know if probably we're not the the factor that'll sway you. But, you know, you never know if there is someone out there who's being who could be swayed. It's worth it. Like it was a hard night. Me, I didn't realize I could get it. it. And you got it. I looked it up. Then I got it. So maybe you're listening. and You're like, wait. I can do this. Yeah, Yeah, probably. I mean, you can probably find a way depending on where you live. But pretty uh, sure. But uh, yeah, so all of that is why we haven't been in your ears in the past <laughs> month. Sorry to make that weird, but here we are in your ears once again. Hello. And we've got 
Ooh, ooh, and uh, before we get into what we're talking about here, let's address why we're picking this movie in particular. Because it's a doozy, and we meant it to be a doozy, because this episode is coming out 365 full days after we started this podcast. So, it's been a full year. Breathing to sound like a crowd cheering thing. <laughs> it, yeah, <laughs> I hope that tracked. But I'm glad you clarified for people you know, who were just like the first time an adult did that to you as a child. It blew your yeah. fucking mind. It <laughs> yeah, blew your fucking true. mind. That's true. Just like an adult putting true. their hands over their mouth and breathing, and you're like, "There is a crowd of people. Holy shit!" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Spy Kids. Spy Wait, did you say kids, it? 2001. Did you say it out I loud? Yet. You, Shit, you just I just did it. said it. You just did it. <laughs> it's, right. it's fucking Spy Kids, guys. We are spy talking kids, about oh. motherfucking Spy Kids. Oh my god, I'm so fucking excited. These movies, especially Spy Kids 1 and 2, well, <laughs> Spy Kids 1 and 2 are like, you know, that's that's, that's what it. I mean when I say these <laughs> movies. <laughs> I were get, instrumental I, in my childhood. I am nostalgic for the third one. Oh, but yeah. it's close enough to like the age where I started noticing what was bad about movies for me to sure. be nostalgic in kind of a disappointed way. What I remember about Spy Kids 3 was it's Spy Kids 3D and I'm pretty I'm positive that was the first 3D movie I ever saw. Me too. So that was cool, but me also too. the 3D technology wasn't great at the time and I remember it was my the eyes paper getting glasses. Like, yeah, and they got smudged so fucking easily, which is actually a problem I still kind of have with even the like better lenses that they have now. They're almost like full glasses, but they've made like four great 3D movies, and even yeah. those are only great on like 12 screens in America, and right, right. those 12 screens, maybe 3 of them have good employees who clean the glasses. So we're really <laughs> right. lucky. If you actually we worked at saw, a movie theater, we know we know how to clean those glasses, and, and yeah. yeah, and the washer itself wasn't even like you'd pull them out and you'd be like, "These are all water stained now." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. Like, and they didn't yeah. give us microfiber towels; they just gave us towel. Yeah. I don't know. That was. I, I will say, I had an experience recently where uh, a friend of mine asked me what my favorite like movie going experience was, and uh, I the only thing I could think of was seeing Gravity. In what movie? Dude, what I, year did that come out? Twenty eleven. I saw that in three D. And I remember that. It's not a perfect movie. It's not like the best movie I've ever seen, but it was a pretty fucking dope experience watching that in three D. That was that was really, and I think that was the first like newer three D movies uh, so, that I've seen. Yeah, I was just gonna say in regards to Gravity, I was listening to Blank Check podcast, which if yeah. you listen to us, you've probably heard of them. If not, probably. check it out. It's it's just like a. Uh, very popular version of kind of what we do. <laughs> <You> <laughs> <just> probably know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. they were talking about how um, they were talking about Alice in Wonderland, Tim Burton's, and how 3D movies kind of died, and how there's this weird phenomenon in the middle of that 3D movie craze where, mm. like, once or twice a year, just a fucking goat of a director would be like i'll try 3d and then just make a masterpiece <laughs> yeah so you've got like martin scorsese did hugo which right. is probably the best movie to see in 3d you've it's told me that so i never saw it phenomenal outside of 3d but while you're watching it you're like this is made for 3d it's just you're mm -hmm. in oh it's amazing dude then you've got alfonso Cuarón's gravity you've yeah. got fucking 
James Cameron doing Avatar, which say what you will about that movie, but it was literally revolutionary. It pioneered 3D technology and uh, yeah, fucking it's true. all that shit. And rewatching it still holds up as far as those really? visual effects go. And if you could, if I could rewatch it in 3D, I probably would. It's sweet. Yeah. Okay. But uh, then there's just like none other movie. You know, like that's it. Like yeah. why? Why did that stop? I, I don't know. I kind of like. Was Mad know. Max Fury Road? Was oh, that one that made would... for 3D? Or... I mean, no, but... And the thing is, I think in the newer craze of 3D, they found out how to do 3D in a cool way instead of just, like, having somebody reach their hand like, out towards out. the lens. Like, yeah. that's what I remember about Spy Kids 3D, bringing it back to Spy Kids, because that's what this episode's about. The uh, pill, that's all like, I remember about yeah, in the like, or whatever. them reaching cool, out to but you. but it was all gimmicks. Right, All yeah, the, the entire movie was based on those gimmicks. Uh, yeah. But we should talk about its origins, Spy Kids the from origins. 2001. You want me to recap this one for us? Oh, nothing would make me happier. All right, so Spy Kids, directed, written, and produced, and edited by Robert Rodriguez. Oh, wow. As he does with, like, all of his movies, he's that guy. Anyway. That makes sense. This is the plot. So, Gregorio and Ingrid Cortez are spies who settle down and have two kids, our main characters, Carmen and Junie. The kids are unaware of their parents' secret agent backgrounds, but that quickly changes when their parents are called in on a mission that ends up affecting their children, too. Junie's favorite kids' show is hosted by a Willy Wonka-like weird genius named Floop, who, behind the scenes, is kidnapping agents and trying to build super-intelligent child robots, or Spy Kids. Oh, Carmen yeah. and Junie end up being heroes, needing to save their parents, and Floop's sidekick, Minion, ends up being the real bad guy. After many a set piece and humorous action beats, the family is reunited as a family of spies. And that's oh, Spy Kids. yeah. Uh, that is a well-done recap right there. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. I think this is one of those rare movies that you cannot explain what makes it so fucking awesome yeah because that's what this movie just, is it's, it's fucking just, awesome yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where like the the plot is really cool but the, what's awesome about it is just the watching of it you know just yep. the moments of it just the experiencing of what they do and like how satisfying it is especially kids just being like getting dope spy technology I don't know Hell about yeah, you, but dude. I feel like every kid I knew as, I'm as a kid sure. was into, like, not just spy kids, but just, like, spy shit. And, you know, like, that Target, that, like, like special Google. aisle with the yeah. spy shit. I, yeah. I really think, maybe not, I didn't look it up, but I think this movie is what started that craze amongst our generation. I think you might be right, yeah. Because, like, what, did we all watch Mission Impossible? No. I mean... Some of us probably knew what that was and were into like the idea, but spy right, kids sure. is what made us as kids, kids want to be spies. On. I had so many spy toys. Like that was, I feel Dude, like most of the shit. composition of my of my toys as a kid. I had this one Me thing too. that thinking back, what the fuck was this toy? It was uh, a like a bracelet and it had little wires coming out and little clips on the end of each of your fingers. And on those that clips on your fingers were little lights, like little Dude. red lights. What is I that do? Had What's that. that supposed to be? Yeah, it looks dude, cool. But it's like it I had a watch. Cool. It felt cool that you could like write notes and like put the note. They it came with like tiny little the size of like a fortune cookie note. 
You, yeah. you can write a note on this paper, roll it up, and put it in a tiny little pill capsule and slip yeah. the capsules into the watch. I, I think I have that too. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Awesome. Oh, and just remember, awesome. like, invisible ink? Remember how cool oh, yeah. that shit was? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. First still, time someone was like, that shit's you cool. can write it out here, and then it's invisible. But if you do this, oh, it's visible again. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I Blew can my send mind. secret messages. That and guy breathing into his hands to make a crowd cheering are the top two mind blowers of my childhood (laughs) absolutely so Uh, i want to talk a little bit about uh robert rodriguez before we dive into the pre-production of this specific movie because this man is in my opinion a legend of film he just fucking rules and i will tell you why so if you're listening and you haven't read this book it's amazing it's called rebel without a crew robert rodriguez wrote it and it's basically about his start as a filmmaker like what he did to become the man he is and in this book he goes over his uh first like real short film that he made and how he did he ran through festivals with it did the old Mm -hmm. thing and then to fund his first feature film uh, i believe it's called el mariachi let me double check on that yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yep he literally did uh, various medical testing things. So he was oh. like signing up for anything he could find. Like, oh, we need a guy to come in for a month and take medication every day. And we're seeing how it affects oh weight loss. God. Or we're seeing how it affects depression. He did that and saved up. I think he saved up like ten grand or something like that. $10,000. Wow. And then with that ten grand, he made his first feature and became wow. the man we know him to be. And I just think that's, like, the coolest fucking story ever. Like, this dude is the prime example of, I have a movie, I have a script, I know what it needs to be, I just need 10 grand. That's all I need. And nobody was giving it to him, so he fucking did medical testing, (laughs) and he got that money. That's so wild. I'm looking at at his uh, resume, right? Well, his IMDb. I'll just say it. I'm on on IMDb. He has two shorts. And then he signed, and then he he was able to make El Mariachi, and then he had an episode of a TV show. He had a TV movie, so he was able to book a deal there. And then his next movie, Desperado, like, yep, fucking with Antonio uh, Antonio Banderas. Like, and fucking... what's amazing about that movie is that I'm so glad you said it is what's what gave him the idea for Spy Kids, basically. Really. So, he was hanging out one day, and this is based on um, a quote I read off of Wikipedia, so take it with a small grain of salt. Although mm. Wikipedia, we were raised they to believe it fucking sucks, yeah. and it, it doesn't, so that's all I'm well, going to say. It, I think it did when we were kids. I think it would, yeah. they had much, fewer moderators. I think there's a lot of people of our generation and up who still believe that, where yeah. it's it's. Not bad. It's pretty they good. Double like, it doesn't take stuff. them long they to have fix people stuff. That go in and, yeah. But still, take it with a grain still, of salt. Absolutely. He apparently was approached by a good friend of his who was like, Yo, uh what movie were we just Desperado? He's like, Yo, I just watched Desperado with my son. We loved it. He loved it. You're a great filmmaker. And Robert Hell Rodriguez yeah. was like, Wait, how old is your son? He was like huh. six, and Robert Rodriguez's response was, what the fuck? A six-year-old isn't <laughs> supposed to be watching a movie like that. And he realized he can make yeah. movies that everyone like likes. like spy shit. <laughs> and it inspired him to make a movie with no guns or no uh, like serious violence, right. but still have the same 
uh, like feeling of like I'm watching a fucking action movie that Desperado yeah. had. And oh, on top of that, I've got some cool facts written down about it. Oh, on please. top of that, he wanted a movie uh, to feel like a movie written, directed, and produced by a kid. That yeah. was his goal from the it beginning. Tracks. Yep, that fully he tracks. Literally, we'll talk about special effects and stuff, but yeah. um, as far as designs, he designed things after drawings he had from his childhood. So the really? thumbs are a are a literal drawing he drew as like a kid that Robert like Rodriguez thumbs. drew as a kid. Wow. Yeah. And that's, that make I mean it makes it fucking tracks. I was actually curious if you had any any insight on whether or not like there were kids involved or like, you know, because it feels very authentically it does. child generated, <laughs> you know? It really but not does. in a way that's like, "Oh, a kid made this." It feels like the no. brand of creativity that a kid would actually produce, it, you know? It reminds me so much of the movie Big, how Tom yeah. Hanks like is so good at making toys because he's actually a kid inside, you know? Right. And it's not in uh Ro- Robert or Roger Ebert's review of this movie, he talks about it being a triumph because most children's movies of this era were like offensive comedy, like essentially just people rolling around in dog shit and talking yeah, about right. like, poop and there's no consequences. <laughs> like in his review, he's like, this is one of those rare kids movies that's fun and doesn't need to answer why it's fun. It just fucking is. Right. And I, that's that spirit of a child that I think I really think he just channeled that when he was writing and directing this movie. Yeah. And you kind of see, you see a little Robert Rodriguez and Junie. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It absolutely. feels like he he was like, all right, I'm in this movie and it's yeah. Junie. You know? Right. Totally. Uh, I think that's actually a really good segue to getting into our writing and direction uh, segment. Uh, because I think, I mean, they're both Robert Rodriguez. He, he had a very clear vision and he executed it very well. I was just, uh, I think the thing that I wasn't expecting, I was a little nervous going into this movie just of how much it would hold up. Uh, cause I forgot how amazing of a filmmaker Robert Rodriguez is, uh, I was worried, like, I don't know how much story would hold up and how much, like, production stuff would hold up. But I was really surprised by the story, especially how they begin the whole movie with the mom sitting down to talk to, 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 like, tell a bedtime story and telling the story of, like, the two parents who were two spies coming together. Immediately setting the tone. It's goofy and, like, fun and over the top and cool. She's wearing a wig and it looks like a wig, but you love it. But then she drives it home by saying, like, we decided to uh, venture on to the most dangerous mission that either of us had ever agreed on. Marriage. Like, the work that it takes, uh, like, after years of working with detached emotion, it was hard to, like, actually be close with each other. And, like, even in the midst of all this goofy stuff, is she, you know, like, they're meeting up across the patio from each yep. other. Yep. And then like he slides the ring to okay. her over the coolest <laughs> which was thing. Awesome. Did that not just like ping a nostalgia thing inside of you when he Absolutely flicked that it did. fucking engagement she ring opens box? Up, yeah. She opens it up, fireworks go off in the background. Yes. She like Um <laughs> Yeah. Oh, but then talking about like, you know, it takes a lot of work to maintain a marriage and like communicate and like really you know make it work i just thought that was 
very in, a very interesting note to start it on because that is the theme and like moral of the movie is like family is important and ends wild. on that same note yeah. of sorry i get that the mission and all that that seems like what this movie is about but it's not it's it's fucking <laughs> it's fast and furious it's about family yeah right <laughs> it's fast and furious baby oh my god so uh, yeah, yeah let's talk about that fucking because this is direction and mm-hmm. it it's it continues throughout the movie a shot like the opening shot oh holy yeah. cow oh my there's god. a lot of those like okay how is he doing this is that a right. cgi home on a real like uh cliffside yeah. okay i believe i could buy that that feels mm-hmm. like it. oh wait we're getting to the window and i see yep. that's a real person looking out the window now Zoom the shot is practical the how the yep. fuck did they do that and they right. do that like two or three times in this movie because they do it with floop when we first yeah. meet him in his castle too and you're yep. like that is clearly a cgi building because right. like not just because it's dated poorly or anything like that just because a building does not exist it looks look like, like that, that. <laughs> yeah, right, but there's right. just a point where when you see floop in the window it grounds it it immediately yep. and you're like it's oh, it's a Gollum sense. effect when you're watching the lord of the rings if you were to just separate Gollum and put him in a different environment just right. as a fucking cgi creature you'd be <laughs> yeah. like yeah that's very clearly right. cgi but yep. somehow about five minutes into two towers you're just like no it's it's an animal that is with them that is a creature that <laughs> right, they are interacting right. with it's fucking yeah. amazing and this movie yeah. it does that it it has a lot of uh dated effects that are like fixed by good editing and good practical work which is why robert rodriguez knew what he was doing Right, and linking it to directing, like, knowing where those things need to go. Like, those two examples that you brought up are establishing shots, you know? And they feel, they give an establishing shot a sense of massive momentum and excitement. And especially once it lands on what it is that you're seeing, you've now got the perspective of where they are. You've got the excitement of, like, you know, whooshing into it. And you know where you are and you feel grounded in that place with that person. And uh, he has so many, uh, you know, cinematography choices that uh, that support his direction in, in a really awesome way. Um, but just the the sections of this movie, you know, the, the arc that it goes through. Like, yeah. The parents deciding to go on their mission and then the kids like going to find them because the people break in and they go to the hideout and then they go to Uncle Machete and it's a fucking machine. It just is so well oiled and well maintained. It's like I forgot that there wasn't an ounce of fat on this movie. Not a fucking ounce. Like each section Every is perfect. Every little it's what it needs moment is, needs to be there. There isn't yep. a moment that I would cut. And apparently there is a deleted scene in an oh. extended version of this movie that came out with the Blu-ray in 2011. Really? And I'm kind of curious what that is. I don't even know what the scene is, but I'm curious because I feel like this movie, as far as pacing and like how full it is, it's perfect mm-hmm. in my opinion. Also, strung throughout... I mean, I love the fact that we actually see uh, the parents 
a good amount, like, I was going to say almost as much. The, you you see the kids more. They're the main characters. But you see a lot of the parents as well. And, and it their doesn't relationship, feel just like, oh, and, we've got Antonio Banderas, so we need to give him a lot of oh, screen time. It does no, not feel like, like that. We need to check in with these characters. Yeah. And the way they interact with each other is really entertaining. They go through Best their own little arc. In any movie, I'll say I it. mean, yeah. They, well, it's like they my favorite even have their, their little arc of, like... You know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith can go fuck themselves. <laughs> well, but Gr- Gregorio has been keeping some secrets from Ingrid. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't tell her about the brain, which is a huge center point of the plot. The um, And he di- he was trying to hide from her that he was going to go out on a mission. And then she wanted to go, too. And like, I don't know. But it never There's feels something... like they're in trouble. You know, it's I like... love the way they use cinematic language to portray all those moments, too. Like yeah. how they both have their spy gear up in it for her. It's her makeup. That's the buttons. Right. And for yes. him, I forgot what his was. He's got uh, like a, a painting on the wall and two pictures yeah. on his desk that slide down. And yep. Create and like a whole. She looks setup. over for a full three seconds, probably reads every word on his screen. And he's like, oh, and he's like, I'm just reviewing, just reviewing. It's so slapstick. I don't know. Yeah. Like as a kid, that shit really worked for me. You know oh, what I mean? Absolutely. And me it holds too. up now because it's not li- like in Rob- Robert e- Roger Ebert's review. I always say mm. his name or Robert Eager. I always like Robert try to Giger. flip it. Roger <laughs> Eager. In that review, he's he's basically pointing out how this is a kids movie that doesn't think kids are fucking stupid. You know? Yeah. Kids <laughs> yeah, can totally. understand film language because we've been watching films. You know? And Robert Rodriguez is a filmmaker. Right, and it can still be like heightened and almost cartoony, yeah. while not you know acting like the kids are stupid that are that are exactly. watching it. And totally. part of uh, what I think drives that home is also what I was uh, like a little bit moving towards the dialogue between the kids that carries through this whole movie. That is like the ship that carries through every beat of this movie is so perfect. It's so little kid. They're not smarter than, I mean, at Dude. times they are because they become spies, but they're just like calling each other names in ways that it's feel like, prime, yes, absolutely that. Yeah. It's the prime example of, I watched this when I was younger than both of them and thought they were both really cool, but totally <laughs> got that like nerdy younger brother dynamic still. But I still right. was like, they're older than me and cool. And now right. that I'm an adult watching this, I'm like, this is so cute, cute little kids. and badass. You <laughs> right. know? They're so yeah. cute and badass. Like, Absolutely. The, and I love, as an adult, actually seeing real characters in these kids rather yeah. than Junie just being a dork and Carmen <laughs> being a fucking yeah. badass popular girl. Right. They play on, like, so many of those things. If you notice, throughout the movie, almost every time Junie fucks up, it's because Carmen is fucking him up. Yeah, She's like, right. hey, do this. And she's like, push him. And he's like, hey, blah. You know, and it's like, <laughs> right. there are a few moments where he like, you know, uh, he didn't read he... like everything about the plane or whatever. Right. But or like, did you see in. the size of that book? Yeah, Come right. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. She's like, your job is to read all this. My job is to just be me because I'm badass. You know, <laughs> right. it's like, come right. on. And, like, him, I don't know, her, like, just (laughs) fucking kicking him down off of that. (laughs) You just fell a thousand feet. You're a pancake. I don't know. (laughs) Little moments and lines like that. 
And I love, I always remember her swinging down and landing like a superhero landing after he just fell. Shit like that makes these uh, takes, it it requires good acting and these Mm -hmm. kids do it. They fucking nail it. Like, I can't wait to watch the next one and see as they get older if they continue to be good at what they they do. But either way, this movie is one of those rare things where you've got two absolutely unknown child actors. Right, yeah. And they're not giving some Dakota Fanning uh, (laughs) fucking, um, what's his name, Haley Joel Osment young performance where you're like, holy shit, I can see an old man's soul in these children. They are kids. They're kids. And they're having a blast. (laughs) Yeah, He's wearing a little bow tie and he's got a gap (laughs) in his teeth. Yeah. You cannot beat that. I uh I connected with Junie so much. Like I was watching this movie as a kid, like, that's me. I am in this movie. Especially like short, round faced, curly haired kid. Like I looked a lot like him. I felt like him. I felt like that younger brother vibe of like, you know, I'm also, fine, whatever. I've got warts on my fingers. Shut up. Yeah, the warts you know, like, thing, dude. We did you have warts on your fingers ever? I don't like, remember. Not to try to throw. I don't remember you know, having them. Put you on blast for having warts. No. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think I, I did. I never had to deal with something like that. But yeah. for some reason, the the language of like this kid is embarrassed of his his thing. Oh yeah. I mean, he's got colorful band aids to kind of counter that. Like it's right. cool. Yeah. I loved that as a kid, and now looking back, I'm like that is awesome. Because yeah. when you and like his like fucking bottle that just says warts and it's got a big x through it you know like i love it (laughs) yeah i love also like the explanation that he's smart smart writing that like he's butterfingers he's yeah like he kind of can't hold on to things as well and they establish that because the reason for that is because he's a scaredy cat he's got yeah he's a scaredy cat he's got sweaty hands that gives him warts and and watching this movie as an adult with anxiety and like who has dealt with anxiety as a child yeah. i'm like holy shit this kid's got anxiety and and they're like yep. addressing it and he has a a fucking moment with um floop where they talk yeah. about an actual yeah. moment where they talk right. about what what it means to be afraid and i think right. as a kid that brought me comfort like i feel like i remember that i don't know if i'm implanting ideas into my mind like this movie was so much fun for me to watch right now that i was definitely yeah. like this was even better when I was a kid than it probably <laughs> right. was. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah. But sure. still, like, moments like that and, like I was saying, like, with Carmen not just being a badass older sister who's like, oh, he's so annoying. They right. both have flaws and they both grow. Yeah. And yes. by the end, they're family and they're not – I'm sure, like, what this movie does brilliantly is it leaves room for them to still be – that same duo if there's right, another movie the same dynamic yeah but they've grown in like now we know okay but they love each other and would do anything for each other right. where before this movie when we saw that opening scene maybe not maybe she fucking hates her brother i don't know you know <laughs> right the, there's a scene at school where she's complaining about watching over him totally. all the time and he overhears it and he's like what the fuck <laughs> but then there's the moment later where they're like spy kid tech you know robot counterparts are attacking them 
and now they have this brain uh, to link in, in the storyline for people who haven't seen it recently. Uh, the brain that uh, Gregorio, Antonio Banderas, had kept a secret, they've now got in the heads of these robot kids. And so this robo Carmen is smart enough to be like, you're nothing, you're stupid, like uh, you, you're worthless. And actual Carmen is like, you're not, you're very worthwhile. Like I love you as a brother. Like that's basically, she doesn't it's say that directly, but it's moment. like, it's so wonderful. And then also uh, sort of last point on writing that I have is that scene with Floop where Floop, you know, Floop's minion has turned on him and trapped him in this virtual room. His name room. is Minion. His name is Alexander the Minion. minion. <laughs> Mr. Minion. Mr. That's minion. Mr. That's right. Minion to you. And he does it by taking off his glasses <laughs> yeah. and slicking his hair. Right. Oh Beautiful. God. So funny. So he traps Floop in this virtual room and then eventually uh Junie finds him there and they have this like kind of moment. Junie gets to finally recognize that like Floop isn't the evil, you know, mastermind behind all of this, which is and cool. Also, he already had the realization that he's not the childhood hero he thought he was. Right. So yes, he's become absolutely become a villain, which is the opposite of what he thought. And now he's realizing it isn't one or the other. Like right. not everyone yes. in this universe is either a supervillain or a superhero even though it seems like a heightened reality. And I think that's what that conversation really shows us. Absolutely. And the whole movie, to me, is the moment. The whole movie is Floop going, my show's missing something, right? What is it missing? What does it need? And Junie just saying, children. It's a kid's show. You don't have any kids on it. Like... And that's the thing is like you need the influence of children because they understand what children like and you can feel the influence of children in this movie. Robert Rodriguez as a kid and I'm positive that, you know, many people with children were involved and like I do. Yes, I know that uh, when writing the script, um, the people he had help him write the script, he made sure to have people with children help him. Because yeah. he didn't have a kid at the time. And he wanted to make sure that there was insight from parents as well as his own insight as a child at heart. Right. I think both were important. And I, it's so cool. God. Yeah. It's, good writing. Look we can talk cool. about the writing yeah. even more, too. Like, that's the thing. This movie that's has so... That's one of the best things about the movie, I think, is how well written it is. It has so many little, like, oh, shit, I didn't even think of that. But that's totally a blah, blah, blah. You know, like, right. the fact that... Uh, I I don't I can't even think of any on, honestly right now because I'm just you yeah. know that but uh <laughs> like let's be honest the main the main guy who they're trying to sell the spy kids to who Floop is trying to present these right, spy kids like to the government people basically yeah it's such a well written character I'm pretty sure his name is Mr Lisp. Lisp yeah and and the lady keeps calling him Mr Lips and he's like no it's Lisp I don't know yeah. just little things like that are just funny to me and don't yeah. need to be there but they add to just this the world that we're building right fuck it's so good and like the the fact that I think what this movie does really well as far as writing goes like you said in that opening scene with the story of the two spies we're like, oh, this is goofy. And you might think, if you're watching this movie, it's goofy because she's telling them a bedtime story. But right. what they do so brilliantly is within like 30 minutes, Carmen finds the uh, photo book 
and all of the pictures are stills <laughs> from that scene. Right. And you're like, nope, that is exactly what happened. They yeah, fucking flew exactly. down in heart-shaped parachutes. They, <laughs> yes. The priest, right. by the way, the priest is the director of photography. Cool oh, little really? like, cameo for him. Fantastic. Uh, very cool. Um, I love yeah, that as the, as the helicopters are showing up, he's still trying to like hold on to his book and read. And, like the, pages like, are wedding. flying out. Dude, it's such <laughs> yeah. an iconic like visual those planes flying through the clouds uh, or the helicopters flying through the clouds oh yeah well let's talk about some of the production actually now that we're getting onto those topics uh like yeah mostly let's talk about the effects because i think there's varying degrees of success uh but even the worst ones aren't don't feel like oh well that looks Inspector dumb. Gadget. It feels while Inspector I was watching Gadget, this, looked, I kept thinking, yeah. "Damn, this is like good Inspector Gadget." <laughs> yeah, I kept thinking some that. of them look, but some some stuff actually was incorporated a lot better than I expected. Like the whole uh, Guppy, what do they call it? Like Techno yeah. Guppy or something? The, the basically yep. the escape pod that they enter to get away from their house to go underwater to get to the safe house. Um, it it's pretty well done. It's like they have yeah, this whole chase on the top of the water. Stuff the things that look great about that. Um, one the the machine itself it looks right. good. It Two, looks cool. That and the car later entering the water looks good. Yeah, which is so yes. fucking hard to do even now. Three. Yeah. When they open up the the hatch and we can see out the window of it into the fucking right. water and we see fishes and stuff looks it great. Looks good. Four, when they're above the water and Junie flies off and is on the front of it. Yeah. I remember thinking specifically going into this movie that that shot would be bad. And it was good. It was, it was. good. It, it was looked good. terrifying while also having this sense of camp that I just like, you know, I'm not super worried about this kid because he's like, how is he even still on this? But at the same time, I'm like, he's like flying off. Right. And then the way that Robert Rodriguez edits just makes for those uh yep. scenes to be even better because how he like flies the camera in from in front of them so it zooms in on Junie's face and right. it, it gets blurry for a second because it zooms in so much and it's yeah. not like he he shot this on film i don't think we talked about that in pre-production oh, i don't think we did this is his last movie uh shot on film Interesting. because while editing this movie he met george lucas who was like Hey, wow. you ever heard of HD digital filmmaking? <laughs> it's pretty sweet. And Robert Rodriguez was like, I mean, you're George Lucas. I look up to you in every way. I'll do I'll whatever trust, you say. I'll trust what and you say. Robert Rodriguez and George Lucas were, I mean, George Lucas was the guy who made digital filmmaking the thing that it is now. That's why yeah. everybody shoots on digital is because of George Lucas. But yeah. Robert Rodriguez was one of the first people to find out, you know? Wow. So this is surprisingly a movie that you're like, this is not shot on film. But it is because Robert wow. Rodriguez was that guy. He just really cared. And that makes a lot I of think sense. That's another aspect that helps with the aging of the effects because there's like a film grain over everything almost that right. kind yeah, of totally. helps pull everything together. Um if there's any bad effects in this movie as far as, like, what's the worst? It's probably the thumb-thumbs, right? The thumb-thumbs look pretty bad. They don't look integrated into the world, but also but you know they're what? big thumb people. <laughs> they're thumb people. Yes, I was just... They're called thumb-thumbs. <laughs> yeah. They've got thumbs so, for heads. Like. <laughs> and whenever the... Th- I don't know if you noticed this. Whenever they're not moving, they're practical. Yeah, They have, right. like, 
knocked out thumb thumbs are just practical like costumes yep. the one that carmen wears later yep. you know yeah it's awesome and that things like that are what ground it like we see um the plane that they they take to floops oh, as yeah. a real practical right. we see thing it practical before first we then, see yeah. them flying in it right. and even in the shot that they're flying in it i think they still are using the practical plane on like a green screen background or something right it looks yeah. good that looked it good does too look pretty good yeah holy shit yeah, there was a lot a lot of that stuff that looked really good. We talked about the sweeping like establishing shots. I actually I could tell those buildings looked CGI, but Me they too. looked pretty good. And when you they looked integrated, as I said, as get, soon yeah. as it integrates, once you get into the yep. window, you're like, this is awesome. Um yep. I love the uh whatever I forget what they're called. The uh the um, Fooglies. Fooglies. Yep. They're, Dude, if this movie were made makeup. two years later. They would yeah. have been shitty CGI. Well, That's maybe so not because it's Robert Rodriguez. Maybe he That's wouldn't true. have let it happen. He would have cared. He would have cared. They feel like actual, like, original characters from some weird original kids show I've never seen. Yeah. They don't feel like knockoffs of Barney and whatever. They actually feel like some kid just came up with the most ridiculous fucking things he could come up right. with. Yep. And that's why they're so fun to see. And they're yep. creepy, dude. They like, are as a creepy kid, as well. <laughs> when you first see uh, Gregorio uh, put up the picture of Donovan above yeah. in front of the thing, and then he like lowers it, and it's like, you're like, oh shit! And then there's just the lady who's like, stop, stop! It's a crosswalk. You almost just hit like four kids. You're a spy. You should be better at multitasking. Yeah, I loved all that practical stuff, especially I'd sort of forgotten about how. Uh, Floop has like clay in his hands, like that he oh, yeah. melds That's and how he sculpts the... the faces. It's so cool. I mean, it's it one of those things where you're like, how does that technology work? But it doesn't fucking matter because it's a campy Spy Kids movie, you know? Yeah, there's so many moments in this movie where uh, Robert Rodriguez uses sound effects in a moment that the sound effect wouldn't be. But it just fucking works. Like when she blows that bubble gum and yep. then sucks it in and it makes a, it just yep. makes the perfect bubble gum pop. Totally. Yep. It doesn't make the sound when it pops. When it, it just, yeah. It's, it's not like lined when it up goes when it into her mouth or something. It does not matter. It it's works. amazing. Yep. Or when he's walking with the gum under his shoe, it's the yep. most. <laughs> yep. Sound. Do you know what really worked for me? All the robotic sounds of the kids, Dude, the robot kids, yes. plus the which I I recognized it and it came back in a good way. I recognized the robot sounds as the thumb thumbs were moving, but not in a way that was so obvious. So that later, when it's revealed that they are just robots, it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, it just makes totally. makes sense. Dude, it's very and well honestly. Done. Those effects too, when we see the kids getting the brains in their heads. Yeah. I rewound that and rewatched it a couple times, th trying it's, to imagine, like, how did they do that? It's kind of stop motion y, yeah. but also some CGI. Like, it's Dude, a and, very and unique. You, and there's style. a couple part times where, like, the kid's face kind of like twitches a little, and you're like, ooh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's creepy. There's some there's some spooky stuff in this. I mean, especially the Fooglies are pretty unsettling, especially when they rewind the song that they're singing. Help, Floop is a madman. Help us, save us. Yeah. Oh God. Oh God. And then, or or what about when Junie like 
comes down on his little grapple hook and he's oh, like, yeah. hey, where are my parents? Me, not exploring me, mom, exploring yeah. And then he goes up and he's like, they're in the, they're in the dungeon, quick. Right. And then you're and like, like oh my God. Voice. <laughs> oh, I don't know why, Jesus. but. Yeah, no, I felt that the same. That freaks me out. Um, or Floop just eating goo. <laughs> yeah. And you can, God. that was one of those moments where I was like, as a person who has been in the production of even the smallest of films, yeah. I know he has had to eat too much of that, and I can tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, <laughs> oh, God. It's like, is this pudding? Is this, oh, what is this? Oh, you know? God. Yeah, that was, uh, that was difficult. <laughs> but uh, I think, I feel like we've covered enough to start talking about some actors, right? I feel like yeah, I feel dude. like we're at that time. Uh, we talked a lot about them already, but we got to dive oh, into yeah. them in more detail. And let let's start. Let's uh, get a good segue. Uh, start talking about Floop. Alan Cumming. I mean, like I'm pretty sure he's kind of a big deal. I think he's done a lot of theatrical work, like stage acting. But he's, he's one just of those guys where when I see floop. him, I'm excited. But yeah. he's never surpassed Floop. <laughs> right for me. He, you know, he was if I were to see him in a show, oh, he was Nightcrawler. Wow. All that Holy makeup. Shit. Yeah. I forgot about that. Tied. Those in are tied X-Men performances yeah. for me. Because oh, that's absolutely. an amazing performance. Absolutely. Um, Even say a voice. Even say a voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, which is a great segue now. <laughs> me uh, imitating his voice. <laughs> yeah. To Junie. Oh, yeah. As uh oh yeah i, I know right. we passed this and i don't that's care right. i'm going no, right yeah, back. back one of my favorite things they do in this movie is how he imitates people and he's and able to just do it awesome it looks, it looks good, good. It like does. When the first like mommy's mimicking me mommy's mimicking me and that is close enough to his actual voice where it seems like he could genuinely just be doing it but you're like oh, that sounds too close that is <laughs> and i voice. remember as a kid being like How's he doing that? Yeah. But then later, when he is floop, right? it's so funny, and you believe it. You know what yep. I mean? You're like, yes. this is hilarious, but also, I, this guy could do that. Yeah. <laughs> He's a child. <laughs> he suddenly yeah. has the vocal cords of a 40-year-old man, but I believe it. Yeah. Uh, well, Junie is played by Daryl Sabara. And he actually, both of these kids, I'll just bring her up as well right now and we can sort of talk about them together. These lead kids. Uh, Carmen is played by Alexa Penavega. And uh, Daryl Sabara and Alexa Penavega have both maintained a pretty steady job in acting. Like, I, and I know fumbled this is a job, but it's that, just but... cool to me that Daryl is married to Megan Trainer, the girl who sings. You oh, know that's I'm right. All about that. Yeah, that's, uh, that that's right. I don't that's, know. I just think that's cool. Like that's that's very funny. <laughs> he's all um, about that bass, apparently. He, he is. <laughs> I don't know much else that he's uh, been in. I was looking through his uh, filmography. His you know his resume, IMDb. Let's, let's just be real here. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. But he's had a pretty steady uh, career. Uh, same with I think uh, they've both same with had. Alexa a uh, blessing curse of being in a movie as iconic as this where you can never say no to these guys. They're like, I want to be in a movie like, and they've got an agent. Their agent will get them a job, but they probably will never get like the job because they've already gotten it. You know what I mean? Although both of them 
I feel like you would only, if you already knew they were in this movie, which probably people in the industry in Hollywood, well, I, I don't fucking know, Maybe but they don't more really, years. they have aged a lot. Like both of them oh, don't, yeah. you don't I, look I at them now at and them go, and... oh, well that's Junie. No, that's it's, like, I mean, especially Carmen too, because yeah. like, I mean, uh, the thing about uh, like a tiny actress becoming like an adult woman mm-hmm. is like she could just wear makeup and you wouldn't even know who she is anymore you know what i mean sure. because like just as far as uh like hollywood aesthetics go i feel like women in hollywood can just hide in a in yeah. and i'm not saying that in a negative way i mean that in the general like if i look her up right now i honestly when i did i was like no that's not her that's and then i looked her. closer <laughs> and i was like wow oh, it is. that's her yeah. people grow up people age it's a thing right. um and on her while we're talking about uh what was her name again alexa Penavega. alexa so fun fact and i'm very glad this didn't happen <laughs> not that it would be i'm not hating on these two yeah but just think about how much different this movie would be two people who auditioned for her role mm-hmm. as young stars oh yeah Brie Larson. Oh. And Elizabeth Olsen. Holy shit. We got two Avengers almost were oh Spy Kid. <laughs> wow. And honestly, that, interesting. Neither of them would look right. No, no. Neither of them would have fit. Also, neither of them look remotely Hispanic, and this is a Hispanic family. So, yeah, that's like the uh, point. <laughs> yeah, it's like a large Watch us part be of super the wrong, and Brie Larson be like just 98%. I fucking doubt it. I, no, I she's not. Doubt but it. still. Come at me, Brie. She <laughs> just shows up show as Captain Marvel. Lineology. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like their performances are both. I feel like we touched on touched on it already. They're nothing yeah. extraordinary, but they are both very clearly having so much fun, even in the moments exactly. that are more serious. You know, where they're like arguing or something. You can tell or this was like, a blast to to. Yeah, when shoot. they walk out of that uh, clothing store, and when you're a little kid and you're like, they look so fucking cool, <laughs> right, and now right. you're an adult and you're like, he's got a bow tie, <laughs> a bow tie he's got tie like on. a floral, like long, like. <laughs> coat right <laughs> like but they yeah. still look awesome because yeah. they know they look awesome right you know? exactly and her yeah. like going up to that yeah. random lady and putting her arm around her and her head on her shoulder just yeah like that little detail I, I always loved that as a kid because i'm like that's so smart she figured it out <laughs> yeah you know? she's so smart oh fun casting fact oh, are you yeah. looking through the cast of this movie and did you by chance a see little a bit that went Whoa! oh I literally just did. I literally looked over One, at the. I could not find him. I tried because he looks <laughs> so much different in this movie. I can't even find like a photo of him like on set yeah. to know which one he is. But yeah. one of the jetpack <laughs> agent guys in that yeah. jetpack scene where they come to the safe house. Yep. Is Richard Linklater. <laughs> what? That's so funny. And like, what's funny too is. No hate on you, Richard Linklater. Coming oh, from yeah. a guy who has the exact same vibes, he's got major stoner <laughs> vibes. You know what oh, I mean by that? Like me. his picture yeah. on IMDb is like this dude is about to or just got done smoking a joint, <laughs> but next to <laughs> yeah. his picture is just cool spy or yep. something like that. And you're yeah. just like, 
No. <laughs> just, no. But when you're watching the movie, all of the spies in that scene, they're pretty cool. And I don't yeah. know which one is him. I think they put a goatee on him or something and just made him yeah, a badass. Some have. sunglasses. I didn't clock him at all. That's so interesting. Isn't that so um, funny? On other recognizable people who play minor characters in this uh, movie, fucking Cheech of Cheech and Chong plays their <laughs> fake uncle. I'm not I your uncle. Dude, my favorite bit in this movie is him being like, I'm not your uncle and ripping off his mustache. his mustache. See? Like, <laughs> see? And then he has to put it back on to right. go fight when... the bad guys because when he's a secret agent, he wears the mustache yeah. just like Gregorio is like, right. we're about to go on a mis- mission, so I better put on this very thin very mustache. Very tiny, thin, must fake mustache. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> I'm not your uncle, see? Oh. And you're just like, oh, yeah. wow, yeah, you're right. Because my uncle obviously has a mustache. So. Right. <laughs> right. And what's funny well, is, is he their does. uncle does actually have a mustache. And this is actually going to take a minute for us to talk about because I want to talk about this a little bit. Danny Didn't Trejo fucking plays their uncle. Their uncle, Machete. Fucking. And yes. Yes. It is that's canonically. The to your, your but head I didn't question. know. I, I was not like. I've only seen uh, the first Machete once, and it's a uh, fuzzy film for me. Uh, Fans of the podcast will know what I mean by that. And uh, I did not recognize that this is Machete's first appearance on film. Isn't that so funny? The movie (laughs) Machete came out in 2010, but this was a character that uh, Robert Robert Rodriguez had thought of for Danny Trejo a long time ago like you know around the time of like Desperado like secret agent shit but like somebody who's a little more gritty and like he always thought of Danny Trejo as this character and he worked him into it in this movie and canonically it's the same universe apparently like Machete (laughs) Uncle Machete in this movie is Machete if you watch Machete by the way or any of those movies not Spy Kids. I'm talking the Machete movies. Yeah. You will know how hilarious that is. Yeah. The dude, it's, they are, <laughs> the best way to describe them is Robert Rodriguez had extra money and was yeah. like, fuck it, I'm going to make something bloody. <laughs> yeah. That's what he did. And he yeah. put the uncle from Spy Kids in him because, come yeah. on, it's Danny Trejo and his name is Machete. Like, come on. I mean, it's, it's Danny Trejo. I fucking love and Danny he's, Trejo. Honestly, a performance that I could very, very easily see being like a Harrison Ford in a movie he doesn't like performance. Do you know yeah. what I mean that by yeah. that? Or Bruce Willis in a movie he doesn't like? I do. But, man, you just can tell that Robert Rodriguez and him must be buddies. Oh, or, for sure. Because he just, he gives this movie a sense of like life that it already had. Yep. But it just gives it more. Like now we know... Like, the whole movie, we've been like, all right, we've got the the dynamic between the brother and sister. We got mm-hmm. the dynamic between the husband and wife. We got the dynamics between the parents and their kids. Mm-hmm. And they add this dynamic of a brother, which ties, like, right. the brother-sister relationship to the brother-brother relationship. And you yep. kind of, like, it all accumulates and it's just like, wow, this is amazing. And then he fucking shows up at the end. And he doesn't oh. even need to fight. I yeah. love that the end of this movie isn't a big fight like the family versus all of the robot kids right they just decide like we're a family and that is how they win just by that's the win 
they get Floop to turn all the kids on these shitty adults trying to like Floop, use them. Who we you know, thought was the bad guy up until the midpoint ends up being the one right. to save the day. Kids it's rise great. up, and Minion doesn't even end up being like, oh, he's trying to kill everyone. We'll throw him in jail. He kind of ends up like. Not a redemption arc, but his punishment is being on right, the show. On the show, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's talk about him for a second. Fucking Tony Shalhoub plays one of the... Alexander you can't say Minion. there's a best performance in this movie, but you almost can with him. He's yeah. so good, dude. He's I remember, so good. I remember when Monk became a huge thing, and I was like, oh, the guy from Spy Kids? Like, 100%. And that's what it was, because this was before was. Monk. Yeah. This was a year before Monk. This was 2001. Monk that. started in 2002, which is I just I absolutely wild. thought the exact same thing, and that is why I never watched Monk. Because I was like, <laughs> yeah. is it about, yeah. is it about is Minion? It about Minion? <laughs> Does he have multiple yeah. heads sticking out of his face? Which, by the way, we have confirmed can be fixed, but he just right. won't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Also, a uh, real quick production thing. You remember when he comes back with four faces and they did that clay thing where he's got, you know, basically yes. three heads coming out of his head. And then he smiles at the end and all three of the all other faces of also smile. smile. What the fuck, Robert Rodriguez? Yeah, that's, that's not okay, man. That's not okay. <laughs> that was terrifying. Um, And I remember that being spooky as a kid. I was spooked out by the fact that you know, Floop makes these designs with the clay and he's only shaping their head, but it affects mm. their whole body. Right. So he's got three hands on each yeah. hand. Yeah. That oh. fucking scared me as a kid. I just imagined yeah. having three hands. I'm like, oh, that's too many fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to pick up a really big rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's uh let's talk about mom and dad Cortez. Uh let's talk about mom Ooh. first. Carla Gugino. Uh I more recently I knew I recognized her when I saw her in Bly Manor and Hill House, the haunting of Bly this Manor, was the it. haunting of Hill House. This is this what was you it. Fell in I love knew with I her recognized her, but too. I never, I could never recognize what it was from, and it was from this. She's the I think mom Mitchell, and Spy Kids. Our uh, mutual friend Mitchell, hopefully listening to the podcast right now, would be fine with me saying this. He considers her maybe the sexiest woman who's ever lived. And I can't refute it. She's fucking awesome. She's so badass in this movie. That first scene where she's telling the story, she Mm -hmm. is both an amazing mom telling a bedtime story and in the story, a badass spy. spy. And it's funny and campy, but she's still badass. Like they show her with like a very fake wig on. And then she like takes (laughs) that wig off and has another (laughs) another very very fake fake wig wig on under it. And then when she takes that off, like, this whole progression is just making her more and more and more badass. And when we finally see her with, like, the slicked back hair. Yeah. Oh, she's so cool. Yeah. She's so cool. She's fucking cool as hell. And then cut to her and uh, Antonio as parents. Right. She's still cool. She's She's still cool, cool but she's now got the cool mom vibe. Which I think is interesting because she has really, she plays, like... This is how long apart? 2001 to 2018? 17 years apart between Spy Kids and The Haunting of Hill House. And uh, perfect mom vibes in both, you know, perfect, <laughs> like, so true. beautiful mom, you know, like, in both, which is interesting. So, fun fact. But very different uh, roles. Like, she's a really fantastic actor. I, I really respect her a lot. 
she what? was only 29 when they made Spy Kids and okay. was like, yo, Robert, uh, I don't know how I feel about being a 29-year-old with like a 12-year-old and a 7-year-old oh, kid. Because that's how old they are uh, according sure. to the script. And Robert Rodriguez was like, my mom was 29 when I was 12 and I have a 7-year-old and I had a 7-year-old brother or something like that. And Hell she was yeah. like, you got me. I mean, <laughs> wow. Isn't Interesting. that cool? That is cool. I love that. So I, th- I like to think that he purposefully cast a young mom because he related to that more when filming you know like how can i the stories i'm gonna tell will be related more by someone who's younger i don't know that's how i feel and and it works it her part is so fucking good oh yeah um especially when you think of the fact that she's next to Antonio Banderas, one of the most amazing oh performers alive. <laughs> he's, he's just so something else. Great. He will, he is, and will always be to me, Zorro. Because me too. My grandpa, my Papa Dean, fucking loved those Zorro movies. And every single time I went over to my grandparents' house as a kid, we watched one of the Zorro movies. And once we'd seen them all, we watched them over again. So he's fucking Zorro to me. And then I remember seeing this movie and just being like, yeah, <laughs> like he's a Zorro spy. Zorro a spy. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I feel honestly the same way. I feel yeah. like he's Zorro and then he's Gregorio Cortez. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Especially with the mustache for some reason. Even oh, though I don't yeah. know that Zorro has a mu- he does, right? Uh, I don't remember. I'm going to look that up. I think he's got a goatee. Um but man, he cheeses it up in this movie so oh, fucking yeah. He's well. got his finger on the pulse of this movie like oh, a fucking ER doctor, he, man. Absolutely. He knows exactly the tone that yes. is needed. Like I I can't help but think about the scene uh his first like who is this guy scene where he's dropping Junie off at school yeah. and uh, he sees Junie getting bullied. And then yep. we hear someone behind him go, that's it. Show him who's boss, son. And he right. like turns around and there's just a big guy. Just yep. a big guy. <laughs> just like, a when you, big old guy. Calvin, have, Calvin and I have been watching a lot of Survivor as the listeners yeah. know. This guy yeah. would be... A guy on Survivor who people would be like, "That's a big guy." That's <laughs> a big like, guy. We got to always him out a big guy. He is a big you. guy. <laughs> and I love this moment of uh, Antonio Banderas having his like, "This is what would happen. This is what I wish would happen." He like takes his glasses off, puts them in his pocket. The guy puts his hands on his shoulder and he just throws him through the yes. second story window of the school. Yes. All of the kids cheer and surround him. <laughs> yeah, and then we Junie get this runs to beautiful, him. like, classical oh. guitar while Junie's running up. And he has yep. a look of, my boy. And he, like, throws him in yeah. the air and hugs him. And then it just, whoosh, it even makes that sound. Yeah. Whoosh. I said, do you got a problem, chief? Right. He call, first he calls him macho. And That's then he calls right. him oh. chief. Oh, two yeah. things that if someone called me, I would absolutely throw him through the second story of a school window. But God damn it, he has to hold <laughs> yeah. it back because no one knows. He right. can't let people know he's a super spy. It sucks. And I love right. little things like that in a movie where you're like, oh, man, he wishes he could throw that guy, but his kid yeah. doesn't know. You know, man, he hams it up so well. And honestly, uh, we brought it up with uh, with mom. He's also fucking hot. <laughs> He's like, oh I mean, Antonio God. Banderas is... in 2001 is like one of the most attractive people that you can possibly imagine. Real. Come on. When that elevator door opens <laughs> yeah, and she stops she... for a moment, yeah. you do too. You're like, oh. And then oh. he's just like, hey. And he like pulls out the, le- the picture. <laughs> right. He, and then he reaches into her pocket, right. pulls out the picture. 
and then he right. like waves just with like the and straight presses, hand yep. fingers yep. move that's it <laughs> yeah and the elevator door closes and you're like yep yeah i oh, don't need to wonder how they converse <laughs> right. to be able to then have a lunch date across you know like i don't right. need to know i get it they saw each other they're in love when <laughs> yeah, they go to that right. lunch date they're fully in love yep. now all he needs to do is <laughs> flip a yeah, diamond flip ring a, across a the ring railing over at her and the, yeah. who knows how high up they are but he knows it's fine <laughs> right i was watching oh, this man. with abby and i was like that's how I'm going to propose to you if I propose <laughs> yeah. in any significant, like, heightened fashion. Right. Expect that. <laughs> Slid over a railing on a balcony. Oh, shit. It's out. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, but he's, I, I don't know. There's something, some s- serious, like, sexual energy coming off of oh, the parents yeah. of this movie. Both They're of them. So- There's also that scene where like she wants to go on the mission but like he wasn't going to let her and then she like oh whispers God. in his ear <laughs> and it gets and you're like really fucking shit. sexy for a moment but not yeah. in a way that feels like inappropriate for kids because she's just nope. like I remember watching and it again, and not being like this is gross. Fucking again Antonio Banderas with his finger directly on the pulse of this movie the way he's responding to it like oh oh is like it's not like Oh fuck yeah! It's it's yeah, just no. like parents oh, like you know flirting like with each eyes. other in a kid's movies like oh oh you know like oh I don't know. Dude, it's just it's perfect. I've always loved this has got to be an Antonio Banderas thing. If it's a hmm. Robert Rodriguez note, hats hmm. off to you, man, because you just if Robert Rodriguez knows Antonio Banderas this well, fuck yeah. But when he closes he the door for her. The yeah. car door with one finger. Oh, just, yeah. just, like, pushes the door closed. <laughs> yeah. I always loved that. Like, growing up, I'd always try to close the door with one finger. I'm serious. Like, I was like, this dude is... Yeah. God, he's so badass. He's that, so cool. Because back then, like, nowadays, you just, like, push a button and all the car doors close. Right. But then, right. like, you know, it took a little heft to close a door in 2001. <laughs> yeah. You know? Using one finger. That was impressive. Yeah, man. <laughs> also... Uh. On his what? car before, because I feel the yeah. the conversation starting to wrap, and I, yeah, I had a couple yeah, yeah. more little things. Yeah. Uh, let's use this this time. Shout out a couple little things that we might have loved about this movie if we forgot about anything. Well, I mean, one of those things was are we, his. Are we going to do that in our final section, or do you want to? Well, this isn't exactly. Okay. It's not exactly. I that. would say these are just Don't... like uh, just things that are like that's fucking awesome. I got you. When he's looking in his uh, side mirror at uh junie when he mm-hmm. drops him off before he gets out of the car or whatever yep he his side mirror goes and like zooms oh yeah and it like does like a yeah. movement and a zoom and you're like it's a spy car yeah you know it's cool spy it's car. a spy car <laughs> there's just shit like that throughout the whole movie where you're like yeah it's a spy thing you know like the thing. the world's smallest cameras yeah it's fucking brilliant that's so brilliant <laughs> yeah and just because so, all you need to do is be like yo go to every corner and touch it with your finger that's I was, it I but was, he sells it I was waiting in this movie for exactly what it was. Because I remembered there was shit from this movie that I did or that I had as toys. And nothing was more potent to me than the tiniest camera that you can imagine. Which is basically invisible on your finger. And Junie just poking walls going around. Like poking walls placing cameras. I know for a fact that I went around my house just like poking the wall in random spots and being like, there's cameras everywhere now. (laughs) Yes. Oh, man. Well, speaking of that, speaking of moments that uh, make a kid go, yeah, (laughs) let's talk about uh, 
Kid moment, Kid of, the moment of the week. Hell yeah. Uh, we've got uh, a couple here. I, I don't know. I stopped writing them down. So the ones that I've written down are mostly earlier. <laughs> There's one that I don't even know if it... <laughs> I don't even know if it's great for a kid. It might be like, eh, but like, something about this moment made me laugh so fucking hard. It was probably the hardest that I've laughed that that I laughed watching this movie when they're in the like guppy going on the two and a half hours to get to the safe house. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Car- <laughs> Carmen's asleep, and <laughs> there's this like toilet. Like that comes out of the wall, like not in privacy at all, but no, clearly it's in the hallway. <laughs> clearly, Junie has just finished using it, and he like shoves it back into the wall and closes it. And a voice comes on and goes, "Now flushing your poop." <laughs> it doesn't even mumble something like, "Yeah, no, yeah." No, it's and it's not like now flushing your number two. It's just now flushing your poop. <laughs> oh, I feel God. like Judy has a reaction too of just being like, God, I'm just gonna sit down now up <laughs> yeah, in the front. Yeah. Why the fuck? And uh, and this time I definitely thought because I, I don't know why I never thought of it before. I think I hmm. always thought like oh, he just used the bathroom. Hmm. This time I thought he just took a shit like five feet from his sister. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. What about you? Do you do you have any written down? I have a couple others. But... Uh so this, I think this is a unique kid moment, and mm. that makes for maybe a possible runner-up or winner, because uh, it's not funny. It's mm. just oh, the best thing that's ever happened in any movie ever. Yeah. When Carmen is like, oh, what's this? Puts it in a microwave, puts a, pushes a button, oh, and a fucking fuck Big Mac, large yeah. fry, and a large Coke just oh. appear. It's like the size of a candy like, bar. It's called the rehydrator. Yeah. Yeah. She puts a candy bar. Also... That candy bar, for some reason, that mm. like wrapped package is yeah. something I as visceral to me, me. too. Like when I think Why of it, I'm like, that? I feel like I could just pick up a stack of those and and like have them, and yeah. then I could make a fucking burger and a me or whatever. Too. And then later so we wild. even see Very a guy cool. pick one up. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because they're there to infiltrate and like you know capture these kids or right. destroy this brain or they're there to do bad guy stuff. But this guy's just like, man, I'm going to make a chicken meal <laughs> One of the some agents. potatoes real quick. <laughs> that's probably Richard Linklater, let's be honest. Probably. That's probably where he comes in. Yeah. Yeah. I might so have to give it is, to that because that's a, that's a big one for me. Dope. Just, yeah. Just boop. There's a Big Mac. Like, yeah. Like, what's better than that? I can't oh, think. man. I mean, there's a lot of cool spy shit that they do that was very cool oh, as a kid. Yeah. I um, love... Uh, Junie first like putting the glasses on and then her being like you gotta focus and he like pushes them on a little better right I love the simple line I I know this is gonna sound kind of like come on guy Hmm. but I mean this when I say like as a kid it really stuck with me when Carmen was reading the how to be a spy book and every time it said his she said her oh yeah hell yeah she yeah she would like correct it right as a kid I remember being like Fuck that yeah. actually seems weird. Why wouldn't they have? Yeah. Why would they have guy in there? Like, yeah. not all spies are guys. Like, the beginning of this movie made it clear to us that that yeah she that the mom is a great spy. So, like, what's yeah. up with that? And then the next lady we see, who's part of the OSS, technically, all of the members of the OSS we meet, other than a fucking Fugly, right. are women. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah. And Antonio Banderas, obviously. But, like, I, I think that's just really, I don't know, really interesting. Really cool. Fucking dope, dude. Another kid moment that I forgot about. Oh, yeah. Hit me. <laughs> How did we forget about this? And it's what? casting, too. What? How they, they hint. Yeah, I got this mission. Well, why would you go on it? Delvin told me. Oh, Delvin told you you had to go on the mission. We better go. And you're like, who the fuck is Delvin? And then they never bring it up again. And then at the very end of the movie, we get a call oh, on the screen. Holy. And it's Delvin. <laughs> and it's the President of the United States played by George Clooney. Yeah. Is and he the President? Is I thought he was just I think like he's the an president. agency guy. Because he's got that black bar over his eyes. And I mean, if he, he was the President, be... why would he need to hide that you know? i think that's a good point actually but i can't i feel like someone said mr president maybe he's the president of oss or something and that, i heard yeah, something that, wrong maybe but the gag to me that i always loved as a kid and i loved this time is when yep. he's just like just and he like takes the black bar and moves it off he's like can face, you just yeah. can we just be real here for a second <laughs> right. and then when he's done having that moment he puts, he it, puts back. it back on <laughs> yeah i love that like, a lot and the fact that it is George Clooney at the time was a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it was. Like I remember yeah. being a kid and being like, "That's that's George that's, Clooney." At the time, I was like, "That's <laughs> yeah. Batman." Right? But you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Uh, I don't know. Jetpacks were also fucking cool. Oh, jetpacks! I mean, that is cool why I wanted kid. a jetpack. I feel like though the like the bar that you put into a microwave and like press a button and you get like a burger. I feel like that might be my vote for kid moment. That's fucking dope and unique to this movie, you know, like jetpacks in general are fucking movie, cool. Unique to a kid's like understanding of what makes like if an adult were to, I don't know, an adult from 2020 were to watch this movie, they'd be like, it's called a rehydrator. So that doesn't actually make sense. Was that a dehydrated burger? Well, what did they do? How does that grow into that form? It's like, mm, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but a kid, like we were when we were kids, right. watched that and we're like, yeah, spy shit. Oh, that's fucking dude, rad. Spy shit. Fair. And I know that's not like knockoff McDonald's. That's fresh McDonald's. Yeah, right. Like it right. just is. All right. Well, uh, let's let's call it. Kid moment. Kid Hell moment yeah. of the week goes to... Uh, Insta food, spy insta food, <laughs> being one Hell of the yeah. spy things they do. What a fucking good decision, uh, Gary. You were the one that recommended this for our. Uh, oh, I'm so glad your celebration. I'm so glad uh, that you did too, man. This was a, a good fucking watch and a we fucking blast to talk about for our. We wondered. We went in nervous. Episode. Yeah, and it ended up. Oh man, Paying I off. think that helped. Honestly, I don't want to go into every movie being like, is this going to suck? Right. But going into this yeah. one like that made me just like, yeah, like it no, it no, rules. it doesn't. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, what a perfect way to like start off our second year of doing this podcast. I know we, uh, you know, we uh, took some time off. We didn't communicate a whole lot about that. But I think both of us are getting on a better schedule, and we're looking forward to putting out episodes uh, more regularly and having a good second year of the podcast. We have intentions to just keep it going. You know, We're having a great time doing this. We hope you enjoy listening to it, and we hope you tell your friends about the show. Uh, we will uh, not be having an episode on Sunday. I'm going to be uh, busy with something. But starting next Wednesday, which should be uh, the beginning of May, it's May 5th, 
Uh, starting then, we should be back talking about Avatar twice a week until we finish it. We've only got a few episodes left. We're getting uh, there. We're really we're we're getting close, and that's going to be subconsciously. A that's thing. one of the things that has been slowing us down. We really don't want we the don't, show to end. Yeah, man, we don't want we don't want to end avatar but we've got a monster list of other movies to talk about i think we're planning on just talking about movies for a little while uh once we finish avatar and uh yeah if you're if you want to stay in the loop and be notified when we've got new episodes and stuff you can always uh follow us on social media facebook instagram twitter all of those at new lens pod you can uh, find us there for more information and more stuff and find out about stuff coming out. And uh, You can go to legendary4.com as well, where all those episodes are, as well as all the episodes of uh, another podcast that we do, our actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast called Legendary 4 Adventures Space Vampires. We're at a, a really good place on that, kind of a spooky place in that story that uh, Sam, our good friend it's and, spooky. and DM, is uh, bringing us to. And uh, We have some talks of other interesting stuff that we might be doing with that show as well, so uh, keep an eye out on that. And uh, thank you to Sofina Sago for our podcast art. Make sure to check out that list of uh, ways that you can help out the Black Lives Matter movement in the description and uh thank you all for listening so very much we uh we appreciate you sticking with us even when we kind of get spotty at times uh especially when things get rough and we're not making money off this so it's not necessarily our highest priority but we enjoy doing it and we will continue doing it uh yeah thanks for listening i'm calvin and i'm gary and this has been a new lens Stop mimicking me! Stop mimicking me!